Okay, so today we will be studying Ilchot Kiryat Shema, Perek Gimal. Again, more this chapter's edition on the Mesvah, precept of Kiryat Shema, which is a Mesvah de Oraita. We're going to be speaking to, in this chapter about things, about little details, which can prevent somebody, uh, which prevent a person from being able, allowed, to read Kiryat Shema. So, Halakha Aleph. Hakore Kiryat Shema, Rohes Yadav Bamaim Kodem Shikra. So, when somebody reads Kiryat Shema, he must rinse his hands, and we will explain what this means, with water before reading. Um, and this is a ritual rinsing. Nitilat um, Yadaim. That's the rinse we're talking about. More on that later on in Hilchot um, Berachot. Chapter. So, let's say somebody's in a situation in which he cannot find the water for Nitilat Yadaim. So, he shouldn't, this individual should not um, delay the reading of Kiryat Shema. And, and go look for the water, but rather should um, rub his hands on um, uh, dirt, like ground, you know, uh, sand, or stone, or a or some wooden beam, and so on and so forth, you know, for, for cleanliness, so to speak, and read Kiriachima that way, um, so not to miss the proper time of Kiriachima. Halachabit. <clears throat> So it is not permitted to be to read Kiryat Shema in a bathhouse, and nor in a bathroom, even in one one which does not have um, excrement in it. Um, also, it is not permitted to read in a graveyard, or obviously not next to the dead person himself. And if one um, um, furthered himself, made himself for amot, which I'll explain in amma is far from the dead person or from a graveyard, then he is allowed to read. And whoever read in a place, anybody, there's about all the things, anybody read in a place which he is not permitted to read in by halakha, um, has to go and read again. He did not fulfill his duty. It was improper, and he must read a second time. Um, so amot. Oh, so what are amot? Um, an amma is a measurement given in the Torah, and so on and so forth. Um, by today's standards, it's about um, what, it, what it is. It's an arm length. It's about um, between forty-five to fifty centimeters, one and a half feet. Give So what about a new bathroom? So a new um, bathroom, um, which which was built, but nobody used it yet. It is allowed, it is permitted to read Kiryat Shema, uh, facing it, not inside it. Merhas hadash. However, a new bathhouse, one may read inside. 
היו שני בתים, זמן אחד מהם לבית הכיסא ואמר על השני וזה, הרי השני ספק אם הזמינו או לא הזמינו, לפיכך אין קוראים בו לכתחילה, ואם קרה יעשה. Let's say, um, somebody built two houses, okay? And he pointed at one and said, I want this house to be a bathroom. By, by the way, by bathroom I'm talking about what you call a water closet in the UK or um, uh, a, um, uh, uh, you know, a latrine, okay? Different, you know, place where people um, go to relieve themselves so that there are no um, misunderstandings. So again, so somebody has two houses or two, um, you know, cabins or whatever you want to call it. And one of them, he says, I want this one to be a bathroom. And then he sees the other one and says, this one as well, or also this. And he doesn't, on the second one, he doesn't um, give details. He doesn't say anything in great details. So the second one is in what we would call a safek. It is, we're in a doubt whether or not it is actually um, was um, uh appropriated to the same use as the other. So therefore, from the beginning, deliberately, one may not read there. But if somebody has read there, he fulfilled his duty, nevertheless. So if he said, and this one, so about the, the previous, in this previous halakha uh, that we read, so if somebody said this, and he didn't give any special details about the second house, then we're in a doubt. But if somebody said also this, both of them are um, uh, chosen for a bathroom. And one must not read in them. The um, uh, outhouse of the outer part of the courtyard of the bathhouse, um, which is the place in which people stand dressed, okay, you know, in, in obviously, okay. Uh, so, so in an outer bathhouse, which people stand dressed, one is allowed to read Kiryat Shema. Now, just a point on the bathhouse, in the days of, in olden times, till actually very recently, till maybe 100 or 200 years ago, um, I'm not so sure on those details, give or take, um, actually, people did not used to take showers in the privacy of their home, but rather, they would take showers in public bathhouses. We have the Roman bathhouses. We have what they call the Turkish hammam. This is, they give you, you know, in the spas, they have what they would call Turkish hammam. These are actually all forms of public bathhouses used in different cultures in different places. So in the bathhouse, and it depended on the place, depended on the time, there would be with the different courtyards, different um, um, areas in which you'd have people dressed, not dressed. So nevertheless, whether or not it's the hasara, whether it's hasara minhats, whether it's a courtyard of the minhats or whatever, we're talking about a place in which people are completely dressed. Um, I can't, and I can't translate that into today's terms more than what I just did. Halacha dalit. Velo kiriyat shema bilvad, ela kol anyan shu midibre kodesh, asur leomro bebeta minhats ubebeta kiseh, vaafilu amaro bilshon chol. And we're not only taught, and not only kiriyat shema is what's forbidden to be said in, the, in those places, um, in, in the bathroom and in the bathhouse, but even um, anything's connected to anything sacred are not permitted, and even in a um, secular language, are not permitted to be spoken about in these two places. 
and not only speaking, not only uttering with the mouth, also to um, mediate silently, to, to silently to to um, think about divrei Torah, about um, sacred th sacred subjects in the bathroom or in the bath house, uh, in the shower house. I'll, I'll call it shower house for now, just to um, not confuse the listeners. Um, or in any place which is um, uh, dirty, yes, um, or um, uh, and, and and we're talking about places that have uh, a human excrement. It is not permitted to discuss the Torah or to think about the Torah. And this, the one about thinking, is very, very um, uh, is 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 seemingly si surprising because um, when a person thinks, he's oh, what's the big deal with thinking? Well, there are some prohibitions on thinking. And many in, in different cases in Harabam we will see um, that a person also may not think about a certain subject. And in this case, we see that in a certain place, even the Torah um, may not be thought of. So, secular matters, unholy matters, unsacred matters, may be spoken about even in Leshon HaKodesh, the sacred language, which is Hebrew, in the bathroom. And also the names to express HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Keron, Rachum v'Hanun v'Neiman v'Chayose b'Hen, mutar le'omran b'Vet Akiseh. Um, there are two two levels of names which we will see right now. Um, there are those which are very very sacred, of highest sacredity, and there are those which are a little less uh, high in their um, holiness. We will not get into why and what and why and how. We're just getting into what. Um, so names like Rachum um, v'Hanun uh, that were attributed to God, um, it is permitted to say in in the bathroom. Abal. However. However, those special names, and by special names of God, we're speaking about names that cannot be, that are forbidden um, to erase, you're not allowed to say them in a bit in a bathroom, or even in old shower house, obviously, um, all the more so speaking about a new shower house. And Mechila, and, and I, I thought the, I thought Hanabam was going to specify the names here. Um, he specifies these seven names in Ilchot Yisodat Torah. So anybody that wants to search for those seven names, it, um, it is in Ilchot Yisodat Torah. However, there's one thing which permits a person to speak about holy things in the holy language, even even if needed, um, is in a situation in which somebody sees somebody about to do something not permitted by halacha, by the halachic law. Um, so he may, in that case, tell a person outright blatantly, this is not allowed, please don't do this, it's, it's haram, don't do it. Um, and even in Hebrew, and even obviously when dealing with holy matters. Um, so, when somebody is facing orders of or excrements of human beings, of dogs, of pigs, of dogs or of pigs, um, animals, 
when there's leather inside them, they used to turn the leather inside um, human excrements and it would it would um uh, and feces and it would and it would it would help the leather mature or any feces that have a bad smell like the aforementioned. It is not permitted to read Kiryat Shema facing them. And also in front of human urine. However, um, urine of an animal, of other animals, um, it is permitted to read in front of them. A child, a young child, and we're talking, um, in reality, this katan is a word attributed, is a, is a term attributed to, to people till the age of 13. Um, in this situation, it would seem, oh, a child is, you know, five-year-old, six-year-old. So in this situation, it would actually be about a one-and-a-half or two-year-old. So any baby that could eat one kazait, one olive size or more, within the time frame that it takes a regular person to eat three um, egg sizes of um, bread or um, anything made out of wheat, any wheat products, grains, um, he, sorry, somebody who cannot, let me rephrase myself, a child who cannot eat up to an olive size of grain in the time which it takes a regular person to eat three, to eat three egg sizes of grain, okay? So it is not, it is not um, um, uh, forbidden to read next to his um, uh, excrements. However, if you could eat more than an olive size in that time frame, um, in, in the time frame that it takes a person to eat three eggs, which is called achilat pares, actually, then, of course, um, it, one has to further himself away from the person's excrements, from this child's excrements, before reading Kiryat Shema. Halakha zayn. Hayata so'ayi v'sha kaharis. Asul likrot kenegda'a. So if there was um, human, uh, if there was odor, human meaning, human odor, or human excrements um, that were that were in front of the person, and they were dry like um, they were dry like pottery, like clay, it is still not permitted to read in them. However, if they were drier than pottery, clay, till the point that if you were to throw it in the air, it would simply um, turn into dust. It would simply um, spread, spread around like dust. In that case, it is so dry that there's nothing, no wetness left in it, nothing at all. It is allowed to read in front of it. Also urine, which was in the ground. If... Um, the spot in which the urine was was a a noticeable spot. In other words, the ground was soaked up there. Um, there's a different there's different machlokot in the Gemara how to understand this specific thing. Um, it is generally accepted to understand that a shuman nikar means that if you touch it, you feel it. You feel some wetness. Um, so in a case of a shuman nikar, it is not permitted. But if you touch it and there's no wetness, then there it's permitted to read in front of this urine even though it's human urine, as long as it's, of course, um, in the ground, not, you know, not actual human urine. Um, so what is the minimum distance which one has to further himself, distance, distance himself from human excrements and then read? 
This distance is four amot. And as I explained previously, four amot is about two meters, right? Because each amot is about, uh, between 45 to 50 centimeters. In what situation were we saying that one must distance, distance himself from human excrements four amot or more? In a case in which the human excrements were um, behind him or to his sides, but if they were in front of him, in that case, he must distance himself from them until he cannot see them, and then he may read. In what case are all these um, previously mentioned laws? In a case in which um, these um, human excrements were in the same room with him, in the same house with him, at a level, at the same level on the ground. However, if the place was higher than him, if the ground on which the human excrements was higher than him, 10 fist sizes, or lower than him, 10 fist sizes, in that case, he may sit besides the place and read um, as there is a noticeable split between him and the human excrements. Of course, the who, as what says, as long as he does not um, smell any of it um, and there's no smell next to him. Of course, if there's a smell, he must further himself from the till he cannot smell it. Um, a fist size is between eight and 10 centimeters. There's different mahlukot. Uh, um, Average fist size is really about eight centimeters. Um, that's the average. The imkafa, so ten, ten fist sizes, we're talking about 80 centimeters, about two, two and a half feet, a little more than two and a half feet. Also, another situation in which somebody takes a, um, a dish or some sort of bowl and covers the excrements, even if they're with him on the same level, on the same uh, level of ground, it's as though they are buried and therefore it is allowed, it is permitted to read um, with them next to the person. So, a case, there's a case in which somebody sees human excrement, but in between him and the human excrement, there's a wall, a separation of glass. So you would think, oh, he sees it, maybe it'll be not permitted for him to read it. No, in this in this situation, it is permitted for him to read um, next to this um, uh, human excrement. Now, let's say a person is in a situation in which he has urine in front of him, and he has nowhere else to go, of course, um, and he just puts a fourth, what we call a fourth, it's a, it's a certain measurement, it's about um, 100 milliliters, okay? We're talking about 100 milliliters, give or take. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not ex I'm not giving us the most precise measurements, uh, um, measurements here. Um, there, is in a, there is a book which I will share with Billy Nether later on with um, all the listeners if they want. Um, with the exact measurements and the discrepancies and so on and so forth. So if somebody put a fourth, a uh, of water into 
urine of a person of one time, of one um, going, then it is allowed, it is permitted to read even within four amot of this urine. Halachayot Aleph. Let's say there was um, uh, human feces in a little hollow in the ground. So he may put his shoe on top of the hole. Of course, we're talking about a small little hole in the ground. He may put his shoe on top of the hole and read. But this is only in the condition that his shoe does not touch the feces. Uh, let's say there was a very small amount of feces in front of him. Um, so he may, like just like a drop, he may take a, uh, a piece of spit, of his own spit, and cover it with a spit and then read. So if somebody had dried um, human fe uh, uh, feces on his hand or his hands were dirty from using the bathroom, but they did not have a bad smell at all because they were very small or because they were very dry, in that case, it is permitted for the person to read because there is no smell. However, if there was human feces in their natural place, um, even if it's not noticeable when he's standing, it's not visible if he were to be standing and somebody were to see him, even um, because they are, it, it is visible or it is there when he is sitting, it is not permitted for the person to read until he cleans himself very well because um, feces in this spot, um, they have a very bad smell. And just on the uh, point of the, the cleaning of the hands, the uh, person having clean hands, we said that if there's some dry uh, dry stuff or it doesn't smell and it doesn't smell, but then you may read, um, really there were some ge'onim, um, we're talking about sages from the ge'onic period, which is the period after the Sephoraitic or the Talmudic period. Um, they really said that it is not permitted for an individual to read if his hands were dirty and really had a bomb is giving us here. He's saying really this is what is more right to do. Um, if somebody's hands are dirty and they have stuff on them, and they have excrement on them, of course, before reading Kiryat Shema, which is a um, ritual Torah de oraita law, one should clean his hands um, properly, sufficiently. A bad smell, which has um, a spot in which it's emanating from, the person must go for Amot, further himself for Amot from this smell, if, and uh, and read, if the smell has stopped. However, if the smell has not stopped, so it's minimum for Amot, even if the smell has stopped, let's say two Amot away, he's two, two Amot away, he still has to go for Amot. But if the smell hasn't stopped after furthering himself for Amot, then he must further himself until the smell has completely stopped. This is a smell that has a spot which is which the smell is directly emanating from, like um, some, some like uh, human feces, like the previous example, or a garbage pail, etc., etc. However, a smell that is not emanating from an apparent spot 
כגון מי שיצא ממנו רוח מלמטה, like somebody who um, uh, had um, uh, um, air from below, מרחיק על מקום שתכלה הרוח וקורא, he must distance himself until he cannot smell at all and then read. גרף של רעי ועבית של ממי רגליים, these are all, um, uh, so, a cesspool or a chamber pot, get up shari'i is like the different smell, smelly things. I mean, just, just as a rule of thumb, we're talking about all the smelly things. Asu likro kiriyat shema kenegdan, afal pishi en bain kilum ve'en l'areach mechila, made a mistake, and peneshe hen kibet ha'kiseh. Get up shari'i is... I'm not 100% sure. I do not want to give an answer. I It slipped my mind for some reason. Um... I will get back to that, Belina, that at the end of the class, um, if I remember correctly, we're talking about, um, I'm not going to say. The Avich and Memeraglaim, Avich and Memeraglaim is a place which they, which people urinate into, um, kind of like an old, not a bathroom, but some sort of a, the pot in which people would urinate in. Um, it wouldn't always, it, it doesn't have the level, the status of a bathroom. Per se, it's oh, you would think oh, it's not really a bathroom. It's just you know we cleaned it. It's just a little. Blah. Nevertheless, it is not allowed to read kiriyat shema in front of these two things, even if they don't have anything in them and they're not smelling because they're like beta kiseh. I will have to get to back to what gerashto le'ayeh is building here. Halachayot gimel. So I obey it. Kiron shehayta shata al penehem ma'im asul likrot kenegdah. Ufi hazir kisawa obey it. So moving um, feces, you moving excrement. So, as for example, if it was um, going moving on top of a, a river, it is not permitted to read in front of it. Oh, you would think it's permitted because it's moving. I could just start reading, and by, by the time I by the time I get to the end to the middle of Kiryat Shema, it'll be far away from me. It is still not permitted. And a mouth of a pig is just like moving is like moving excrement, and is not permitted to read in front of these until an individual distances himself from them um, for amot. Hayakore alachayot dalet. היה קורא והגיע למקום התינופת, לא יניח ידיו על פי ויקרא, אלא יפסיק עד שיעבוד מאותו מקום. Let's say a person was in the middle of reading, and he's walking, he's a pedestrian walking, and suddenly he reaches a dirty place, a unclean place, which he would not read, would not begin reading next to. So he shouldn't cover his mouth and read, that's the immediate human instinct, is to cover your mouth, and you know, the words I'm saying are holy, but it's okay because I'm covering my mouth, and the words can't smell the spot. No, you're in a dirty, disgusting area. You must stop in the middle of Kiryat Shema. As we said, if a person stops and continues, it is, it is, um, he has fulfilled his duty. He must stop and can, and walk until he um, passes that dirty place. Also, somebody who, out of him, um, was discharged um, air from below. Um, he should stop until the smell goes away and then continue reading. And also, the same law applies also when one is studying Torah, when one is um, dealing with Divrei Torah, he must also not read um, if air came from below. However, if this happened to his friend, um, for Kiryat Shema, he should stop because it's improper to continue while there's a bad smell. But for Divrei Torah, he should not stop because it came out of his friend. Um, the law only um, only restrict somebody to continue to stop the Torah if it was his own smell um, in, of course and just in regarding this this specific situation
in air from below. הלכה ט"ו, היה קורא קריאת שמע בבית, ונסתפק לו אם יש שם סועה או מרגליים או אין שם. הרי זה מותר לקרוא. Let's say somebody was reading, he wanted to read קריאת שמע inside his, the, the confines of his home, but he was not sure whether or not there was human excrement in his house or not, he may read. היה קורא באשפה, ונסתפק לו אם יש שם סועה או אין שם, לא יקרא עד שיבדוק, שחזקת האשפה, שהיא מקום התינופת. Let's say somebody was inside um, a place of garbage, a, 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 literally a, 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 a garbage collection area, a dumpster, and he was not sure whether or not, and I will explain why, you know, why would somebody want to be, be in a dumpster, and he was not sure whether or not there was human feces there or not, there, or things that should disallow him from reading Kiryat Shema, he should not read until he checks, because a garbage, an area with garbage, is, a pl- is, is by definition, what we call mikomat, you know, for the dirty spot. However, if somebody checked, or and he, and he finds something which is doubtfully, he's not sure he's in doubt whether or not it is urine, he may read in front of it, um, of course, as long as he doesn't smell anything too bad. Ashpa, um, there are two explanations to it, what ashpa means. Um, some, give, some say, um, literally a dumpster, a room in which the garbage is collected into. Um, and one, there's different, different situations and reasons why one may be there in the diaspora, in the Jewish diaspora, there were... People used to have to hide from our um, lovely Goy neighbors um, in, different, in different uncomfortable situations. So this is one of those situations which, unfortunately, um, Jews found themselves in more, more than often. Um, and another explanation is a place, um, a place in which there is Ashpa'in. I really much prefer the first explanation. It seems to be more um, solid than the second one. Just as Shema may not be read in a place where there is um, human uh, feces, excrements, um, until he has moved away, at least for Amon, also it is forbidden to read Shema in the presence of any person whose um, covered parts, whose usually covered parts, the, uh, it is clear what I'm what I'm pointing out to are covered are, are uncovered until he turns away his face. Even a G- uh, gentile or a, um, uh, a or a um, child, you must not read um, next to their covered parts. into their private parts. Unlike what we said about human excrement. Here, in this case, even if there was a uh, metal, a glass wall, sorry, glass wall separating between him and the room in which the person, uh, the uncovered person was, he must not read because he sees the parts, um, those, those body parts, and it is not permitted to read until you turn away your face. And literally translated, this is the, the whole body of the woman is Erva. Um, and many people misunderstand this. What it means is, um, if looked into the Talmud and into the Talmudic passages in this in this situation in on this specific halacha and on the different mifarshim of Arambam, etc., etc. I'm not going to get into all the all the sources for this. Gufa isha arva. We're talking about any spot which the woman usually covers, which is uncovered. Um, it could be even even let's say it depends on the society and the time. So let's say we're in let's say somebody's living in a certain society in which 
Uh, and of course, there's certain areas which are borderline, which are the red line. But we're talking, let's say, in a society in which the woman were to cover, I don't know, her ears. Her ears have to be covered. So if, if her ears have to be covered, and this is considered an um, intimate place um, for a woman, then it is considered, oh, but it's not it's not the specific uh, spot of, you know, uh, it's not that specific private area. No, no, still, it is Adva. But not, obviously, we're not talking about the whole body of the woman. Um, cover her eyes and her, her nose and, you know. And therefore, nevertheless, though, one should not look at the body of a woman when he's reading. Again, um, I'm not going to say how to interpret this, but one may interpret this however he, however he wants, of course, according to the halakha. I'm giving the interpretation um, as given to me by my hachamim. Anybody, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that up to the listener to trust my interpretation or not. We're talking about areas that the woman usually covers, not about all this, all the whole body of the woman um, being airva. Of course, for Kiryat Shema, it is considered not mutar, just to look at the woman um, when reading. Even his wife, if a even if a fist size was uncovered of her body, and we're talking about the areas where she would cover, where she usually is used to covering, he should not read in front of her. Um, in the same way he must not read, he is not permitted to read in front of the private parts of others. Of course, he may not read in front of his own private um, body parts. He must not read when he is naked until he covers that specific area. If um, he had the area covered and he had a um, a belt of cloth or leather or sack um, on his on his um, uh, on his waist, of course, considering that that area was covered with something else, even though the whole rest of his body is naked, he may read. And this is in a situation in which his um, heel is not touching his private areas. When he, if he is sleeping in his, um, in, you know, in olden times, there was not an abundance of clothing, there was not an abundance of wealth, and some people really used to just have one thing that they would wear, and they would sleep in that. Um, they would sleep in, 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 you know, in one blanket, and they'd be naked. They wouldn't have anything to wear under this. They wouldn't have some special night clothing, and their day clothing would be very, very dirty, and they would have hang them to, you know, uh, and then maybe they'd rinse them, wash them, and then hang them to dry, and so on. So the person would sleep naked. And so let's say somebody wants to read Kiryat Shema, and he, but he is not dressed, and he's covered with a, a blanket of sorts. So he has to... He has to have a... Um, um, what I would call um, cover um, under his heart, or so to speak. Um, uh, uh, one second, he should he should put the talet as close to his body as he can between his heart and his um, uh, private areas, um, and then read. In other words, the heart is the chest area. From the heart to the to the uh, those areas is a little you know a little below the waist. Um, so you cover between the heart, literally with the place where the heart is and those areas and have a um, close um, uh, cover, like we're talking about a weight, you know, a waistband would be enough and so on and so forth, like a belt, et cetera, et cetera. 
I think I think I think it's pretty clear. I don't, I'm not gonna not gonna get more into that than what I did. Um, however, he must not cover from his neck down. Oh, he's saying my neck is my eyes are what sees the that, that, those areas, so I'll cover it from my neck down, and then I won't be you know it'll, it'll so to speak um be be a hoses, it'll be a a um a separation between my eyes and my this. No, the separation has to be between the heart and those areas. Um, because his heart sees the uh, those areas, and it's as and it's as though he read without a belt. Again, we were speaking about the belt before. That if a person is not dressed and he covers that area and he puts a belt between his heart, separating between his heart and, and that area, it is mutar. So the the whole deal is to have the heart, the to have some sort of real separation between the the heart, the, the chest area, and that. I'm not going to get into what this means. Oh, you know, what is the heart? What does that mean? That um, could be taught in a different form in a different place. The, the time, the time given for this shirud and the, the depth I want to get into is not is does not allow me to get in such depth. Two people who were sleeping in a bed, and um, and you know this, this was common in olden times. Um, two men that were sleeping in a bed, and either because they didn't have anywhere else to sleep, or etc., etc. Um, um, uh, that were and, and they were under one blanket, so they are not allowed to read, um, even if they have a separation between their heart and their uh, genital areas, um, as long as their bodies are touching each other from their waist and below. They must put some cover between the waist between them um, so that they are not touching each other from the waist and below. Um, and if somebody was sleeping in the same bed as his wife or his young children, um, and so their body is like his body, and he does not feel them, it's not something special for him, there's no um, special level of, um, you know, touch here or, or anything and therefore even if they're touching him and he's touching them he may just turn his face and read um as long as he has the separation between his heart and his uh, genital areas so what did we mean by small children right that could sleep in the, in the bed with the person um and he could still say if he's touching them we're talking about a, a, for a male up to 12 years in a day, and for a woman, 11 years in a day. This is exactly a year before they are, um, before they are, um, mehuyavim b'mesvot. And this is, of course, um, holding that they are their body part. They they started um, uh, um, uh, growing in the the areas that adults grow in. That adults uh, that that define adults from children. And after that, if they've reached that age and that they've gotten to the, the physical develop the, the, the developmental level of, an, of beginning to become an adult, um, those two things, then he must read. He must not read unless he unless he um, uh, puts a separation between him and them. But if his children, um, at the age of 
for the male age of 12 in, in one day and the woman and the female age of 11 in one day did not reach um, this developmental level um, to begin developing in those areas um, to begin developing um, uh, you know um, begin puberty um, then they must not and then until the age of 13 he could still read with them but for then from the age of 13 for a boy and 12 for a girl he is not allowed even if they haven't started developing in those areas Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.